The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. It's in this league. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Come again with Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. Can't wait. What does that do? Does that blow your mind? That just happened. Welcome back. It's Hour 3 of In This League on the Sports Grid. Get on the grid. I'm Scott Bogman. It's Hour 3. You guys know what that means. I'm here with my friend, El Casey Bubba, at BDNTrick on the Twitter machine. And we're using a new recording source so we can see each other. So I can see when uh, Bubba rolls his eyes at me right there. Uh, but Bubba, what is going on, man? You ready to rock here? Yes, it is great to uh, be able to see you in the flesh. I'm glad it's only the waist up, so that's a yeah. good thing. But um, this is going to be a good time uh, talking some some sports here, some fun things in life. So much fun! Yeah, yeah. Let's get some fun things out here on the table, right? It is. Uh, it, it's been ugly in our world recently, but we're trying to bring you some levity. But with that, I'm going to start out by talking <laughs> about baseball, uh, which Woo. has obviously not been. Uh, you know, in a positive light or portrayed in a positive light. I did like that. Um, our guy, Jack Flaherty, um, <laughs> when the NBA came back, he tweeted out a meme of just this little kid sitting on the couch going <sighs> <sighs> like, so super frustrated because the NBA is back, but we still have no plan for major league baseball. The most recent thing that we saw Bubba was the, uh, the players offer back a, 114 game prorated season with expanded playoffs and um, deferred money. So I feel like they were giving a little, even though this is one of those trades where, or this is like one of those trade negotiations, in my opinion, in your fantasy league where somebody offers you crap. So you offer them crap back. And now if you actually want to get this done, now you have to come and meet in the middle, which you neither side has built up any goodwill towards each other. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's basically they gave him crap back with a side of ranch. Like, hey, it might taste a little better. Come try it. <laughs> um, it was good. Like, I'm with you. Uh, I was excited. Like, I tried to be optimistic this whole time. I keep saying they're going to do this. And, then, you know, the report's coming out that they've agreed to this, this, and this. It's mainly just the games now. That's a good feeling. At the same time, like, you see this, and I agree with you. When the players said, okay, we'll do this, we'll defer money, that made me feel like, hey, we're going in the right way. 
then the owner's going to owners. This is what they're going to do. They're going to be like, nope, not 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 going to happen. Not even going to negotiate. We're just not going to happen. So it's uh, it's very frustrating. But uh, I did want to mention you you talked about the Flaherty gif. It's hilarious because someone asked him, in your opinion, what is the primary reason the NBA Players Association and NBA cooperate more effectively? Flaherty's answers: transparency, trust, league understanding. The players help them. Simple things. I was like, oh man, like seeing some of these players take to social media now. I absolutely love. I heard Trevor Bauer on the Pat McAfee show. He said he's still like ninety-five percent confident they're playing baseball this year. So, and we've heard that from other players. It's like as much as they're going back and forth, they are pretty adamant that they're playing. He said he said every player he's talked to wants to play baseball. It's just a matter of figuring a few things out. I still think they'll figure it out because we've said it time and time again, Boggs. They can't afford not to have a season. So too much money for everybody to lose. Too yeah. much money. And the biggest thing I've been telling people lately because they tell me that all oh, the players don't care, the owners don't care, they can afford it. The diehard fans, this, that. I said, I don't care about the diehard fans. Yes, I'm going to watch baseball that comes back in 2023. I'm going to. That's just the way it works. It's the fact that they keep continuing like promotions and things to grow the game. You have the entire world's eyes right now. You could be growing this game when people need a distraction more than anything. And you were sitting here fighting over money when the NBA has made an agreement, the NHL has made an agreement, golf comes back next week. We had NASCAR, UFC, everything is back. Soccer in Europe is happening. And the MLB is making a mess. Soccer here has agreed. MLS has come to an agreement. And it's, you know, sixth or seventh on the sports list here. So uh, it's ridiculous that they have not been able to do something by now. Now, there is a clause in the agreement that they made in March that the owners are now trying to back out of uh, by doing this, that the owners can force a 50-game prorated season if they want to. But if they do that and they force it upon the players, what they won't be able to do is expand the playoffs the way they want, which is where they would get the real money coming in, the real TV money. You know, Because if no stadiums are going to be filled for most of the season, I think that's it's not going to be like that everywhere, but that is what you should expect. Either you're not going to fill the stadiums or, you know, it's going to be 25% capacity at most stadiums um, most of the time. And I mean, I don't know about the, um, the way that the, you know, collective bargaining agreement is written, but it may be like, Hey, look, you know, if we have um, no fans in Toronto, you can't then have fans in Houston. You know what I mean? If we have no fans in, LA, you can't then have fans in Seattle or however it works. And that might be a big issue too. Is so maybe it's, you know, uh, because it's not really balanced as a home field advantage if one team has a crowd and one doesn't. Although we've seen that a lot with bad teams that aren't getting people in their really anyway, right? Like you watch a Royals game in September when they're not good. Uh, it, there are not a lot of people there. Same thing with the Marlins and the Rays, obviously. And the Rays can win with no crowd, so it's proven it's not that big a deal. <laughs> and so, the Diamondbacks, man. Like, when the Diamondbacks suck, nobody goes to the games. It's still way more than the Marlins, but not a lot of people uh, show up when they're not good. And that's in general for most teams. And there's something, uh, you mentioned, there's something you mentioned there about the fans coming in because, you know, when we started this whole thing about them negotiating a few weeks ago, a month or so, it's probably two months ago now, for crying out loud. Yeah, uh, It's been so long. We really didn't expect that there'd be fans, period. But now you look right. at things like Houston. I heard on, on you know, a podcast, that, a comedy podcast, that the improv has like 75% capacity already. You see all these other places filling in locations. Texas maybe. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Texas is just but, like, like, oh, but it ain't real. We're good. Yeah, but, 
I, I'm not going to keep all those comments away right now. Um, <laughs> Florida, Florida, like, you know, they're going to put people in the stands the second they can. It's going to start happening everywhere as things yeah. continue to open up, as things continue to change. And one thing maybe they do is they make an agreement. That should be something a part of the revenue, a part of the CBA, whatever factor it is. I don't know all the deals. But maybe there's a way that the teams that can't have fans, you know, California is not having fans, not a chance in any giddy up, not happening. <laughs> so maybe, you know, they share stuff that way. It's another way the owners can make more money and maybe make this thing work because maybe more games with fans over here will help everybody over here. Right. Maybe it's an angle to go with. Well, they have shared revenue in baseball. Yeah. And that's why, you know, the shared revenue system is flawed anyway because uh, what teams like Kansas City and Miami will do is uh, if you're at you know the end of the revenue, you're not making nearly what uh, the Yankees and Red Sox and teams like that are. What they do with that luxury tax money is they split it to all the teams that didn't go over the luxury tax last year. So with the Yankees going way over and the Red Sox going way over and the Dodgers going way over, the Marlins and, and uh, Royals will suspend payroll to a point where they're in the black day one when they get that shared revenue money. So they're already making a profit. They've covered their uh, employees for the season. They've covered uh, their um, everyone, not just the roster, but the vendors and uh, the parking lot attendants and everything. They're already in the black day one because they keep their payroll so low, which is why we get competitive balance issues in Major League Baseball as well. So, uh, I mean, it's more of a free market. You know, it's more capitalist and it's uh, American more than anything. But it, it does make for some teams being bad. But, you know, we've seen those small market teams win. The Royals won the World Series, you know, a few years back. So uh, we've seen the Marlins win. Uh, it is definitely possible for teams to still win in that climate. You just you need to spend a little bit of money. And, uh, and teams do. And the teams that spend money and win constantly are making more money anyway. Uh, so... I don't know, man. It's there's a lot of stuff to come through here, but let's take let's just think for a second that there is going to be. I mean, I don't think there's any way it'll be as low as fifty, but let's say there's a sixty game season, right? Okay. What are you doing in fantasy leagues, Bubba? Like, uh, what about head to head leagues that have already been drafted? That's like five weeks of playoffs and or five weeks of regular season, six weeks and four weeks of. Um, playoffs. That's not enough to get it done. Are you playing double weeks? Is everything going to have to be roto this year? DVR on the ITL baseball podcast brought up all play, um, which I guess would be a possibility where you play every team every week. Uh, I don't know, man. There, there's a lot on the table. So what is your thought process behind the potential for a 60-game season? I've actually thought about this more than I probably should have because I'm a big fan of roto, not crybaby head-to-head. So, that, that, roto, <laughs> so that's the way I, I've always played. I prefer Roto, but um, like yeah. I do, and we do in football already in leagues that I play my home leagues, we play two, at least two people a week. Cause my biggest thing with head to head, and this is why people probably call me a crybaby, is how many times do you have like one of the second or third best teams in the league and you have to play the best team and lose and it ruins it. But if you play at least a couple teams, it helps. Now on the shortened season thing you're talking about, I've heard DVR's idea I mentioned to someone, maybe you play two to three teams. Someone on Twitter, I had a fun discussion about this, brought up a really fun way to do it. I think the best way to have this short season is to be really creative with the way you play the game. And I think what you could do, so 60, 60 games, say that's 10 weeks total. Say you play Roto for six weeks, and then there's your standings. Now you play a head-to-head playoff. Stuff like that. Mix and we match We had our buddy Jesse Severe 
uh, you know, suggests that. And uh, I think Welsh and I both scoffed at it a little bit. Like, what do you, I mean, that's just head to head, just play head to head if you're doing that. But in a shortened season, yeah. uh, I think it, it, it might make a little bit more sense. So, yeah. but I think the people, the thing that people don't like in head to head is the luck factor, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because it becomes more like base uh, or football. Baseball becomes more like football where, you know, you get a guy, um, against a terrible team steal six bases in a three game series because the catcher is crap. You know, you're like, well, that's not really what, well, yeah, that's what happens. They have a crappy catcher and he stole a bunch of bases against them. Like, yeah, you're not going to get 1.3 stolen bases a week from that guy. Uh, the whole week. Cause that's what he averages. Uh, you're going to get them in bunches that happens uh, and players get hurt uh, in the playoffs. And guess what? Players get hurt in the real playoffs too which is why I've always called uh, Roto Crybaby because I'm like, yeah, oh, of course there's luck involved in the playoffs. That's the way it is in the real life too. And uh, to me, the point of the game is to mimic what actually happens on the field in your league. Um, you know, uh, obviously with, with the caveat of having uh, deeper benches and a DH everywhere, of course, and five outfielders. Well, with, that, uh, start. with that right there, that's the other caveat now is – you almost have to play daily leagues too, because think about yeah. how how expanded these rosters are going to be. There's going to be a lot of platooning, like a lot yeah, more platooning, yeah. a lot more extra days off, all that kind of stuff. I didn't even think be, of that because all my leagues are daily, pretty much see, all of them. A lot of people play weekly. A lot of people do, or they play the biweekly, and that's a game changer. Which also gets me mixed up with people's opinion on Otani being two players, uh, because yeah, some true. people are like, well. You know, I play weekly. What are you going to do with them? You're either going to have them as a pitcher or a hitter. But if you have them both, you can play them both. And I'm just like, well, you know, they could have programmed it to where you just get his stats. But that would make sense too. You know, whatever. Uh, we're we're not we're not going to go down the Otani rabbit hole. There's not enough hours in the day uh, yeah. for how upset I've been about that with Yahoo forever. But so um, okay, so Roto with daily moves is easily what you want to do. Are points leagues okay? Are head-to-head -head leagues okay? And yeah. w what about redrafting some of those leagues that have already been drafted? Because that's a big question now, too, is, um, you know, well, we didn't, you know, baseball is all about getting the averages to work in your favor eventually. And that's why most people play Roto, and I understand that. Um, that, that's why I like Roto because you can play the season out because I'm a believer in the back of the baseball card. So if there's a hot right, street, right. A street, eventually you draft this guy, he's going to get you his numbers. Right. Exactly. In head to head, it you're you're reflecting more of a of a streakiness, and I get that. But uh, is there? What was I trying to say here? Is head to head possible? Would you redraft those leagues, or if it's a sixty game season, or would you keep them? at what people drafted or does it really depend on what the entirety of the league wants to do? It's what the leagues wants to do. I, I personally want to redraft every league I'm in if I could, but it's not feasible. Like I heard Justin Mason say it, he's not going to have TGFBI redrafted. I get it. That's a little too complicated, right. but uh, in a perfect world, if, if you have to have everybody agree to it though, like, and that's the thing is you can't have just like one guy stand out. So I would love to see, all leagues get redrafted, but the second we hear there's a season and we have like three weeks to prep, uh, good luck with that. Yeah, the scheduling is going to be a nightmare, right? I mean, obviously not best balls. Best balls, you do whatever. Yeah, that, that is but, what it is. But I think you know, I mean, we have we have a lot of head-to-head -head leagues at ITL, you know, and um, I don't think anyone's going to want to change those. 
but uh i mean god let's just get baseball back yes let's just get it back and and like i hope these are issues that we have within a week or two right i hope we're saying okay now are we sticking are we going i think most my leagues that have already drafted i'm just regardless of what happens i'm gonna stick with them you know what i mean um unless everybody wants to to redraft but i think for the most part you just have to stick with with what you have right now um but uh what about keeper leagues there's been a big discussion about that too because should you uh someone asked you know i was on with erickson jeff erickson on the rotowire podcast and that was a question you know he said what should we do with the money and i was like well you're still playing the league out so you know entry fees and all that stuff they work the way they have always because you're still playing a year you know maybe it's not a full year but there's discussions about like keeper rules and this isn't a full year and all that stuff do you have any quick uh thought process on that yeah if you if you play the season you just kind of keep things as they go if it doesn't happen uh, ralph lifshitz gave me some good ideas that you can do like a salary cap for the following season's draft so everyone has a free right to it so it's not fair to screw other people so it'll be interesting yeah yeah it's um it's really weird as far as the dynasty goes, especially contract leagues, like the more complicated your league is, which I find more fun. I find the complicated leagues to be a lot of fun as long as you have the time for them, but they make something like this impossible, which, you know, we just, we haven't seen, we've been playing fantasy baseball for 25 damn years and none of no control. No one could have predicted this. Right. Exactly. So I would say, you know, try to be cool about whatever your commissioner does. Remember, it's supposed to be fun in the end. It's supposed to be yes. fun. Yes, it's supposed to be fun. And try, and I say this because I'm a commissioner in a lot of leagues. Try not to commit that. Yeah, yeah, understatement of the year. Yeah, try to be cool to your commissioner and just roll with the punches if you possibly can. I know there's money involved uh, in a lot of these leagues, but like Bubba said, part number one of why we do this is it's supposed to be fun and enjoyable. If you're doing it to make money, all right, but most of us are here to have a good time and talk some mess to all of our friends. But we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, a potential moving accidents that maybe one NFL rookie uh, possibly had. So stick with us. We'll be right back after this on the Sports Grid. <laughs> SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, 
we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Yeah, man, I'll tell you what, that dang old... In this league. Talk about www.com, you made you go click, 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 click. It's real easy, man. Uh, I don't know what you're saying, but that, that's what's going on, yeah. Welcome back. It's Hour 3 of In This League on the Sports Grid. Get on the grid. I'm your host, Scott Bogdan. Follow me on the Twitter, at Bogdan Sports. I'm here with Casey Baba at BDNTrick on the Twitter for him, B-D-E-N-T-R-E-K, BDNTrick. And Bubba, tell us all the stuff and things that you have going on right now. All the stuff and things. Uh, Bench with Bubba It's going to be uh, doing some things here pretty soon, stuff and things. So go check that out. But uh, fun shows this past week with Nicholas Gott and Ralph Lifshitz talking more fantasy baseball the best we can in these times. Uh, golf starts on Monday, so the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast will be back. It is going to be ramped up. Fun tournament next week. Um, just writing and doing some videos and other stuff and things, but uh, trying to have fun on the Twitter streets. That's about the, uh, the the extent of it. Now, Bubba, when was the last time you moved? Like moved houses? Um, yeah. I moved into the house I'm in now. We we bought this house. It'll be four years ago or four years ago next month, July. And did you hire movers or did you move yourself? I moved myself with some friends and it'll be the last time I do that or they'll say yes. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I know I knew that going into it. Once you get a certain age, it just stops. <laughs> but uh, I figured we could do it one more time, and it's not happening again. So moving into this apartment, uh, I hired movers, and yeah. it was because I'm a single guy. It was across the street, so I paid the minimum. You know, it's like three hundred bucks or something was the minimum uh, to you know, and that's with the truck and everything, just two guys. And it took an hour and a half for them to move my entire apartment out and then in because I live so close to my old place. But the time before that, and I'll get to the point of the moving discussion in a minute, guys, those of you that are rolling your eyes or something, uh, it will it will play into the story. Um, but the last time I moved, and it was another, you know, real close, I've lived in all of the, I call it the white trash circle of apartments in, in my <laughs> little uh, neighborhood here. All the white trash has lived in these apartments right here. Uh, and, and I'm in that group. So, um, I moved from that uh, the one behind me over here. I was on the second floor uh, down to a first floor apartment at my new place. And the first box, I started like 6 a.m. Uh, the first box I moved downstairs, I took a wrong step outside of my apartment and twisted my ankle. Oh, and no. A long day. Yo, it was, it might've been the longest day of my life. So, uh, cause my ankle was killing me and I'm swallowing, uh, Tylenol like they're, you know, candies and, uh, trying to move and I'm fat and I'm exhausted and it was, um, it was April. So it wasn't crazy Arizona hot, although I've done that bit before, which is ridiculous. And I don't know why anyone would ever think to do that in their life to move in the middle of 110 is just the dumbest thing you can do. It's really stupid. 
So um, it was like April when I moved. So it wasn't crazy hot, but it was it was hot enough to where I, I was feeling it. And at the end of the day, the only thing I had left and it, I got it in my truck with my cousin was my couch. But I was so whipped and my my ankle had swollen so much. I'm like, I can't move that couch. I can't do it. I had to call one of my buddies uh, to, to come. And I was like, I'll just give you 20 bucks or something. Just move this from my truck right outside of my apartment into my place. I'm sure that if uh, there was no one I had, I would have, you know, uh, you know, rallied up and put it on my shoulder and move. It wasn't far. It was like, you know, 35 feet or whatever. Uh, but I just could not physically do it. So uh, I say all of this because we had a moving story in the NFL, and it is from uh, Alabama wide receiver rookie to the Raiders, Henry Ruggs. And um, he had an injury in a moving accident from what we've been told. <laughs> I'm going to read this quote here. This is from uh, Henry Ruggs II, his father. Uh, he was trying to move a trailer or something move his furniture or something. And the trailer just kind of pinned him against a car, a wall or something. Uh, he said, he's pretty much okay. I'm about to go out there and see him in a little bit. It was just like a little open wound in his leg, a little incision, like something had stuck him right there on his thigh a little bit. Um, and he said with COVID-19 stuff going on, they wouldn't let anybody in. He just uh, is having to walk on crutches and not putting much pressure on it. So, um, okay. So, is there any way this happened this way? No. Not okay. a chance. Not a chance at all. Now, look, I, I think I'm going to give yeah, like it like... 1%. 1%. Yeah, okay. I'm going to give it like 20. Because, look, man, you know, I've almost killed myself moving many times. I've almost fallen downstairs. Uh, I've definitely cut myself open at least a couple times. You know, usually it's getting a bed frame in, which, by the way, speaking of white trashy things, no bed frame. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, it helps me sleep better. I didn't bed. have a bed frame until about seven years ago, so I understand. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. I think, how old are you? Are you you're a couple years younger than me, right? I am. I, I always mess this up. I will be 37 this October. Okay. Okay. Well, you're months younger than me then because I'm 37 uh, right now. I turned 37 in January. So, okay. So, uh, when you turn 30, you're like, all right, I got to get a bed frame. You know, uh, for me, I'm like, nah, I don't like bed frames. That's okay. You know what a bed frame does for me? It allows me to stuff a bunch of crap underneath my bed. That's the only thing it does. So, um, but anyway, um, I've almost killed myself moving some stuff for sure before, but uh, this sounds weird, especially with yeah. his dad explaining this. And look, man, I got to be honest. What are you doing moving stuff if you're Henry Ruggs and you just got a rookie deal with the Raiders? Like, hire someone to help your friend move or you move. You have more than enough money. I know you're young. And can still do it and all that stuff. Maybe it seems like a waste of money to you, but come on, man. You got to know that, you know, moving is not the most, uh, it's not the easiest thing to do. And if you're not experienced at it, it's really easy to hurt yourself. So maybe this did happen moving, but it sounds like a stabbing here. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah. I got a few different like comments slash jokes here. I guess the Welsh dodged one here. So that's good. Um, <laughs> Mexico Burris says, hold my beer. 
um, about the leg wounds, but uh, <laughs> silver, silver and blacks never look so good on a man. Like it's, it, it's never fit somebody more than, than Henry Ruggs. It sounds like this. He's going to fit in perfectly in that locker room and uh, Las Vegas. If he's having issues moving stuff with the trailer now, someone better get his phone. If it dials one, it goes straight to an Uber and a few other things because uh, decision-making 101 here, it doesn't sound great. Yeah, man. I mean, look, uh, it, maybe he was moving. I mean, honestly, it's maybe possible. he was. It's possible, but I'm pretty sure if I had a goofy moving accident like that, I might talk about it more. Maybe there'd be goofy pictures or something going on, not just like, <laughs> hey, I got this like puncture wound. It wasn't too deep, but it was, it was deep. Like he's seen one of these before and things like this. And, you know, he could still go to the hospital and get checked out. His dad couldn't go in with it, but he can go in by himself. So I'm just going to throw it out there. <laughs> yeah man it just sounds shady you know what i mean like it just sounds weird like oh yeah you know it, it, i have i have a story from the grocery store where i lied my ass off so i was moving um i, I was uh, an ad filler so like the stuff that you see in the ad on the shelves that's that's what i did i filled all, all that stuff and i'm in the back of the store and i have an electric jack have you ever used one of those electric pallet jacks seven years so yep yeah right. yeah so uh i i'm i'm maneuvering it but this we have this uh broke ass wall and it has since i'm sure been fixed but it was like if you accidentally tapped and it's this is going to the freezer where the ice cream and stuff is so if you accidentally tapped it like this whole thing would fall off and it takes you five minutes to put it back and it's just it's a whole pain in the ass so i'm moving a pallet of ice cream or something into the back and uh because the truck has come in and I tap the wall and the whole thing comes off. And I'm like, God damn, now I have to go fix this stupid thing. And I'm pissed. So I grab the jack and I slam the handle down uh, like an idiot. I go and I fix the thing. It takes me like five minutes. I walk back over the, the jack and the handle has split in two. Uh-oh. And there's all these wires coming out of it like it looks like it's dead, you know, like it's a person, like it's all of its insides are coming out. And I I panic because these things are super expensive. You know, those pallet jacks like 20 grand or whatever. So they're not cheap. And um, and I have mutilated this one. It is not going to work. So I ran out the door to where, where the duct is. And I grab the duct tape and, you know, wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up. And I try to use it. It's working, but it's clearly not great. Um, and I know I have to tell someone about this because this is the one electric jack in the whole store that most people use. I mean, you can use the hand pump ones, which is what I did most of the time anyway, because I was a young guy and I'd let the old guys use the electric jack. So, um, so I, I tape it up and um, I think I was like, oh, I got to tell my boss. And then I went, you know what? Why do I have to tell them? I don't have to tell them anything. So uh, they came. I came in the next day. And they're like, uh, Scott, to the office, please. Scott, to the office. So I have to go up to the office and tell them what's happened. Because there's cameras back there. But where I broke it, I know for a fact there's a dead spot. And like a blind spot where the camera can't see. So they said, we see you broke the jack yesterday. Uh, how did that happen? Because we have to write an incident report now. So, uh, so I'm nervous. So I told them that it pinned me up against the wall, uh, <laughs> and then it just snapped in half, and I didn't know how it happened. You know, and uh, this guy, 
this guy from the the jack company is like they're designed to do that in dangerous situations to snap in half like that i'm like yeah it snapped right in half because i was pinned up against the wall and my arm was stuck and you know this kind of stuff and all of that so i uh i didn't have to pay for the jack or get fired or anything uh because of that so but that i mean that's the type of moving stuff you know uh you are moving things that that can happen i don't know why that uh crawled into my mind there but it was one of those things where uh i was also lying you know so this doesn't sound very truthful from henry ruggs it sounds like uh you know he got into an altercation with someone and somebody stabbed him i hope that's not the case yeah, uh, i hope because, not i hope because we're that's terrible. making jokes over nothing but, yeah, uh, yeah, and we are making jokes. If there's something yeah. serious, you know, this just sounds weird. It's sounds like way a too way too right, fishy. right. It's like when you know someone is lying to you, and you're like, yeah. "Come on, man, where'd you get that burger? You ate my burger, didn't you? Out of the yeah. out of the refrigerator? You're arguing with a roommate or something?" They're like, "No, I don't know where it went." I'm like, "Are you? <laughs> come on, man." Ketchup and mustard's on his cheek. Yeah, just say you ate it. It's fine. And th- for whatever reason, they're digging in. They're like, "No, no, no. this is how it happened." That's what it sounds like to me. Now, let me ask you this. I don't know where you have Henry Ruggs ranked, probably fairly low anyway, because, uh, you know, he's either got Derek Carr or Marcus Mariota throwing him the ball this year. But uh, is this going to lower him for you at all uh, coming in with an injury? I think he's going to be okay. Yeah, this doesn't lower it at all for me. They said it's a mild wound. He's going to be fine by the time things get going. I'm not too worried about that. It's a, it's more of a, a uh, if I'm if I'm Gruden, I'm making a few phone calls and going, hey, you better give me the truth before the truth comes out, big boy. Like, we got to <laughs> talk here. Because we know eventually if this was not the truth, somebody's going to talk at some point in time because you might make some money, but you don't make big boy money. So someone's going to talk. And uh, that's just how it works. So we'll see how the, see how it plays out. I would love to see a, um, a Caliendo imitating Gruden talking to rugs about this right about now that would be a phenomenal video I just don't know if I don't know if the rest of the world would appreciate it the way we would right now but I think it'd be a, a great video at this point in time because um yeah it's it, it just sounds too fishy it sounds way too fishy like you said the biggest takeaway he has enough money to have someone move for him right right and his dad kept saying or something like uh, maybe and maybe his dad didn't know maybe he just said hey dad I got pinned up against this trailer helping my buddy move, or I, I don't know if it was his friend or him that was moving, but he got pinned up against the trailer and it put a hole in him. And they said, uh, and, and this might be, you know, uh, hyperbole or whatever, but I did see something on Twitter that said it was like an inch and a half away from his femoral artery, which Ooh. you hit that, right. you bleed out. That could have been bad. Really right. Bad. So, so he could, I mean, that's something that's really super dangerous. So, yep. so uh, someone, someone experienced sent the message just the way I see it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, pay all your loan charts what, or whatever. What game did Alabama not cover? Cause Henry Ruggs dropped the touchdown pass. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. They didn't, they didn't do any of that. Yeah. They, they covered all the time. Go. My bad. Yeah. They covered all those games. <laughs> so, uh, and rugs, rugs is fine. Maybe, maybe after Tua got hurt, uh, they didn't cover, but up until that point, he was good to go. It's just, yep. um, and, and I think that everyone's been young and in that situation where you did something really stupid, but oh, you yeah. don't want to tell your friends. I, I rem- dude, I'm telling you, like, <laughs> I have so many embarrassing stories like this. Like, I remember uh, fixing my fish tank, right? I have this, uh, at the 72 gallon uh, bull front saltwater fish tank. My and goodness. it has, oh, dude, it was so expensive. It was. <laughs> 
it cost more than that hand jack probably. So anyway, um, I'm cleaning it out and I'm doing something and I'm moving this. I have this thing of water here. And I'm trying to get something out from the top of it to take over to the sink to fix. And I rip this out. The, <laughs> the cup falls, it hits the ground and it's like, it's moving in slow motion. I see it flip upside down and all the water comes out right on to my, uh, my multi outlet thing. And I, then I see smoke coming out of it. I'm like, okay, so now I have to unplug the whole saltwater fish tank. I have to drive to Walmart at 4 a.m. I couldn't do this now because we're on curfew. I have to drive to Walmart at 4 a.m. and get a new outlet jack and then bring it home and plug everything back in because I dumped water on accident on top of it. So, yeah, look, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has weird, crazy accidents. You know, it's like that... Uh, thousand ways to die or whatever it's called uh th there's a million of those so i'm not saying henry ruggs is out and out a liar i'm just saying this sounds fishy and goofy it's and hopefully bit. it was goofy and not something real serious so yes. uh but we got to hit a break we just did uh, a whole segment of henry ruggs uh <laughs> getting impaled so we'll be right back for the last segment of hour three on Sports Grid, stick with us right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In this league. I thought we were going to be just friends. What? Friends listen to In this league. In the dark. Welcome back. You hear Endless Love. You guys know what that means. It is the last segment of In This League on the Sports Grid. I hope you guys have enjoyed our show today. Please, if you would, check out the In This League Patreon, patreon.com slash ITLarmy, or inthisleague.com will take you right there, where the Welsh and I have all kinds of stuff going on for you. We have started doing video content, so we're putting up our mock drafts on video for lieutenants are higher up there. I know a lot of people want to hear them uncensored without the drops and stuff and no beeps on the curse words and things like that. You can see the face that the Welsh made on the most recent mock after he made that weird noise, that weird elephant noise uh, that he made. Uh, he definitely has a strange face for that. Uh, you can see me trying to not flip my table over and all that good stuff. And we have all kinds of rankings there. I have, uh, dynasty rankings, I have first year player draft rankings, 
for football. I have PPR rankings up there. The Welsh has its top 500 minor leaguers. We have baseball rankings that we'll be updating as soon as we know what the season is going to do. And uh, yesterday I posted my first crack at college fantasy football rankings for 2020. For those of you that are interested in CFF plus group me rooms at LT or higher uh, in, in there, all kinds of stuff. I see Bubba is raising his hand. He has a question. Yes, Bubba. I have a question. You're mentioning your rankings um, with everything that's going on right now. Have, have you up? I don't think you have, but have you updated your baseball rankings yet? Cause I just can't pull the trigger yet. So I've updated them. I didn't update them in April, but I did, uh, or in May, excuse me. I updated them in April. I didn't do them in May. And now we're just waiting to, uh, to see what the season's going to be, because obviously there's a difference between 114 games, 82 games and 50 games. So uh, there are going to be different rankings for those, but I mean, we did go over most recently uh, what I did was I went back on the NFBC ADP and I looked up um, um, I looked up the guys that uh, moved like just moved up or switched spots from I believe it was March 1st to June 1st. And there were a couple ones, you know, VR moved down and um, Hira moved up over him. Lazardo was one of the biggest movers. He went over Kluber in that time frame because, you know, when you have 150 uh, inning pitch limit, now everyone is going to top out at 150 innings, assuming an 82 game season or whatever. Um, so uh, he moved up and there were a couple other big ones in there. You have to listen to that show and go back. I can't remember all of them off the top of my head, but a lot of them. Show. Yeah. A lot of them were, were uh, kind of big names and the Welsh and I just talked about where we stand on them now as they're moving. Cause it's not surprisingly very little movement. Which is, it's crazy to me when making the rankings, um, ma- making any rankings, that, you know, obviously college fantasy football has the most crazy, ridiculous. There's two, there's 130 teams. So uh, Do you everybody. Rank all 130 teams? No, no. Okay, I don't good, rank. Good. No, no. So this is what I do. I do like, I do like 75 quarterbacks uh, because your standard in college fantasy is two QB leagues. So, and deeper. So if you can get an 18 team going, uh, 20 team going, you're going to, you're actually going to have depth issues there, but there's still every single week because there's 130 teams, someone good to pick up a guy got hurt and someone took over for him. Uh, a guy finally got the playing time that he needed, whatever. There's always someone to pick up every single week in CFF. And you only play on defenses and kickers and things like that. You only play matchups. So I go, like 75 at quarterback, 150 on running back, 200 on wide receiver, and like 50 on tight ends. And I just don't rank defenses or kickers because who cares? Um, but uh, but with, I feel like with football this year, and, and you can correct me if you've seen a different, I feel like there are so many differing opinions now that, yes, there's no sleepers, but I don't think that we're going to see the consistent drafting style like we do in baseball. I feel like baseball, you're kind of sticking to whatever the platform is and their ADPs, you know, on fan tracks, you know, because we do so many mocks on fan tracks, VR drops, uh, Nelson Cruz drops, uh, tons of players are ranked low because their ADP is lower on Yahoo. Um, you know, it's, I, and I haven't drafted on Yahoo, so I don't have it in front of me for the specifics, but you kind of follow their ADP. There's going to be a guy that's buried. 
I think in football, among all platforms this year, you're going to have such a wide range of differences because there are people that are just, I have to have Kelsey in the second round. I need to take uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire. I need to take Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes. I think you're going to get enough of those. And there's so many spots that are running back by committee that you're going to get some in half the leagues, Max going to go ahead and some, some of the leagues Taylor's going to go ahead, you know, may, and maybe that's not the scenario, but Singletary and Moss Vaughn and Ronald Jones. There's so many committee situations. And I don't know if you've done football rankings yet, but it's, um, I feel like it's one of the harder years to, to nail them down. Yeah, it's definitely one where it's going to be your rankings. Let's put it that way, because yeah, it's going yeah. to vary a lot. And uh, I actually talked to Cameron what it was recently about rankings in general. It's good when they're your rankings and be proud of them. Don't matter because they're yours. Football is going to definitely be that way. Like when we did that mock draft, we noticed a lot of running backs going early. We we noticed the big quarterbacks went, but then you could wait forever because it was deep as heck. Um, a couple of big tight ends went early, but then it's deep. The wide receivers got a weird group with a lot of, lot of rookie players that could uh, get some fantasy impact. So it's going to be real interesting to see how it all plays out. Like you said, you see it on uh, in rankings and on Twitter and people posting things. Everyone's kind of planting their flags in kind of different places, it seems like. So there's a lot of that. Like, you know, we talk about it in baseball when you – the tiers, I guess, in certain like pitch, starting pitching and stuff like that. There's a lot of that in football this year, like this wide receiver tier, and it just varies by people. Like they might be in the same region – but, you know, that one through six in that region can be flip-flopped all over the place. So it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, and, it you know, on the most recent uh, ITL fantasy football podcast that Welsh and I did, you know, I, I set up burning questions and stuff like that. Um, I thought it was weird that fantasy pros, and they do a great job, and they're, like, you know, one of the number one sources to go as far as rankings and stuff like that. Go so I'm not knocking them uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but I did think it was weird some of the tiers that they had because, I mean, quarterback tier for this year it's just Lamar and and Mahomes, Mahomes at, at, but they had they had a top five in there. It was those two, Murray, um, Wilson, and no Watson was six for them. How? Uh, hold on, I, I think I might still have it pulled up here. Uh, I gotta go. That's yeah. wild that Watson didn't even make that. I'd love to hear the fifth one. Prescott, Dak Prescott. So Jackson Mahomes, Jack Prescott, oh, Wilson, and Murray. Well, I mean, Dak because, averaged, the because of the weapons he has. Yeah, well, Dak and Dak last year averaged like twenty-four points a game. He's no, Dak's good. Scoring. Don't, don't get me wrong. I do like Dak, but the, the the mobility of a Deshaun Watson. We've seen how much more that helps in fantasy these days, and it's also riskier because it can get hurt. But uh, part of me thinks, you know, with no Hopkins he's going to want to prove even more that he's a, uh, he wants that money. Cause he's talking about getting an extension. So it's going to be interesting with Deshaun this year. Yeah. It's uh, you know, making your own rankings is difficult. And that's, I mean, <laughs> spoiler alert, just peel back the curtain for the rest of the night. I'm going to be doing my CFF rankings because I dumbly said, I'll have them done by Friday on Monday. And I've done, strategy, bold strategy. I, I've done a, a lot of them already, but I have to put the finishing touches on tonight. So that's pretty much after we're done recording, I'm going to do a social distancing and then it's uh, all work on those rankings, of course. And I, I didn't say what time I'd have them out Friday. And, so, and, and I, I guess and I, could I, do, it, I could do Friday I wanna, night, but. Well, then you get them done. I got faith yeah. in you because your, your Friday night's like seven in the morning. So you're fine. Um, <laughs> But I do want to clarify, I don't want to take away from the fact that you should sign up for the ITL Patreon. I was just trying to give you a behind the scenes of what oh, yeah, yeah. on the ITL. Sign up for that, and you you still have – maybe I cut you off short. 
but there's some big news that you're a part of lately that's like number one in all of a certain book category. Just throwing that's it out right. there. That's right. The Fantasy Black Book with uh, Joe Pizzapia, of course, being our fearless leader there with tons of great uh, you know, writers and sources for you in there. The number one selling football book. Football. It beat out, and, and Joe pointed me out in our group text. He's like, I beat out uh, Bogman's boy, James Conner. Uh, so it is, it's higher than James Conner right now in his book. So uh, it is it is selling like hotcakes. I think people, you know, people want something to read. They want something to do in the middle of this pandemic. And I wrote up this year um, uh, rookies that I did last year. And I told you, I thought I saved so much space. I was like, oh, this is way fewer words than last year. Last year was around 20,000. This year, it's around 17,000. How, so, how many rookies? Uh, well, all of them, uh, all the rookies that were all the skill position rookies that were in the draft. And I, what I did cut back on because last year I wrote up a bunch of UDFAs, but like the only one that panned out was Preston Williams. So I wrote up, I think five or six UDFAs. And then I also, in that section, I have a look towards 2021's draft class. I limited that a little bit too. So, um, so I went through quarterbacks, uh, and I give you in the book, I give you, uh, I just go the way they were drafted, the order they were drafted, and I tell you what their value for this year is and then their long-term value and then what their skill was like in college. So uh, the main paragraph is what they did in college, then uh, future outlook, and this year outlook. And then I also did IDPs in the Black Book this year. So, uh, And well, I'm telling you, a lot of people don't want to get into college fantasy football, and I understand that. It, there's 130 teams. It's a lot to take in. But I ne I'll never understand not wanting individual defensive players in football because if I told you, Bubba, and, and just tell me how off-put you would be by this, we're no longer drafting starting pitchers in baseball. You're going to draft a staff. So instead yeah. of taking you know, uh, Garrett Cole, you take the Yankees. Uh, there's no way you would do that league, right? Not a chance. Not a chance. And no, no. I'm going to no. keep it PG for the station. No. Yeah, yeah. So IDPs, though. Uh, individual defensive players are going to be uh, much, much more fun to watch. And you can watch the whole other side of the ball on Sundays when uh, you're doing when you're watching your football and stuff like that. It is a little bit more um, involved, but most IDP leagues are they start out small anyway. You don't jump into my IDP league where we start. 11 players. You know I was, I mean? was, was going to ask you, what do you recommend? Like what should be the startup for people? Like what should be their gateway drug to IDP leagues? Six, six IDPs, two defensive linemen, two linebackers, two defensive backs. That's not even breaking it down to ends and uh, you know, uh, corners and safeties and tackles and stuff like that. That's just two defensive linemen, two linebackers, two defensive backs and uh, do that. Try that for a year. And then come back and tell me that you didn't like it because it was too involved. If that's the reason, then okay, uh, I, I will apologize to you publicly. But if you do IDP and you like it, maybe you weren't good at it, but you like it and you like that factor. Maybe you waited too long. Maybe you took a couple of guys that got hurt, whatever the reason would be, and you didn't win. That's okay. But I'm telling you, at least, at least give it a try. Because it is like, you know, like you said, it is a gateway drug, man. I actually started, um, I think my third year, I was playing in this gigantic contract league where 
not only did we draft, you'll hate this, not only did we draft defensive players, we drafted offensive linemen and punters and had My contracts. God, what is wrong with you? Uh, I'm a psycho. So. Yeah. <laughs> Offensive linemen, like big guys like ourselves, I, I love them. They're, they're my brothers. But like for fantasy, what do you get? Like a point for a pancake or what? No, see, this is what wild. everybody says. Well, I'm not out there looking at offensive linemen getting pancakes. I had the same dude at the bar make that stupid joke to me when I show him my roster every single time. No, you <laughs> get a, you a bar and shows random people your rosters. This is back in the day before the internet, dude. So <laughs> okay, like, I had my, I had, I just had a backpack on because I was in high school all the time. Uh, but I just I had like a little sheet with my roster on it. Oh, and so your first league, you were in high school when you were in this league. Oh yeah, yeah, high okay. school. So I, I mean, I, I just told the story the other day of playing the MSNBC league and using my mom's credit card in 1997. That, yeah. yeah, so this was like two years after that uh, wow. I was playing. Uh, no, it must have been 90, 98, and it was this. Uh, it was called EF Sports. We tried to do it one year in ITL, and the website just had all kinds of issues. But um, the often drafting the offensive lineman was fun, but it didn't necessarily reflect their skills so much as uh, you would get like a percentage of their yards minus for sacks. I mean, it came out to this giant number and you get like 16 and a half percent of that or something might have been 30% or something like that. But it was um, uh, I mean, it was fun, you know, and trading con big contracts when you'd sign a guy to you know, too much money and all that stuff like that stuff made it interesting, but it just eventually got to be way like where, like you mentioned before in segment one, first thing is it's supposed to be fun. Yep. You know what I mean? And I got to the point where I was getting too many trade offers uh, all day, every day when the internet started, you know, really taking off. And I was like, these guys are too much for me. I, I couldn't imagine someone going, Hey, I got this backup running back. Will you trade me two left tackles and a right guard for this running back? Like that's like, I love it, but at the same time, I wouldn't know what to do. Offensive line trades usually happen in season because people will spend on the big free agents. I mean, because that was back in the uh, Kurt Warner days. Like, I remember oh. specifically having Rams. I had, like, a couple of backup Rams offensive linemen and stuff, and they were just – they were just okay. So, by the way, I am completely lost on our track of time. I think we're coming to an end here, aren't we? Yeah, it's, uh, it's about over with. Yeah, so – uh, look, uh, follow us all on Twitter at Bogman Sports for me at BDN Trick for Bubba at Is It the Welsh for the Welsh. We didn't get to anything we were going to talk about in this segment because we we're talking about how we make rankings and stuff, but that's the fun of this show. So, uh, it's so much fun, if you will. But uh, that is going to wrap it up for us today. And uh, I was going to say, see you guys on Monday. That's depressing. Uh, oh. We will see you guys next Saturday. Have a great weekend, everybody. And uh, please don't break curfew. Stay safe.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.